You are listening to Let It Fly, episode 14. I am your host, Aaron Makem. I wanted to continue my discussion about The Flash. I have been uh, reading more and more of the comics, and I decided that although I'm familiar with the character, and it's one of my favorite characters, when I stopped and, and really started to think about it, I think that the majority of the Flash that I've read has been not from his own title, but rather um, all the different appearances, you know, Justice League, you know, crossovers, things of that nature. And although I, you know, oddly enough, seem to know a whole lot about Barry and apparently have read several of his, you know, titles or comics over the years... I have, and I have read, you know, any any of the new stuff, anything from the uh, late '90s on. Um, I have read, but I've never read any of the early things, and I've never, I don't think that I've ever read any of the first, you know, probably hundred issues of the Wally West stuff. So I took it upon myself to try to get together um, a twelve. I think you have about sixteen issues of. Um, the Wally West stuff from issue one. And normally, you know, comic book mentality is a completist mentality, right? We all want to know not just the origin, but what made the character the character. And and I think as time goes on, um, that evolves. And we kind of, you know, like, for example, I know who Iris is. You know, I know um, even in, in Barry's you know, in, in the course of his life, his run, there are certain people who I know, like, you know, I know who Captain Cold is, you know, I know, you know, uh, some of the other rogues, but I don't know the origin, the original origin, you know, I, I think as time goes on, the origin is getting rewritten and the characters change and morph a little bit. And i am always been kind of curious. So I decided with Wally, since it was written in the 80s, that I would try to um, start from the beginning, and oh my god, I, I'm like 14. I think I've, I think I've read 14 issues now, and more has happened to this guy in 14 issues than I think any other character I have ever read in comics. Barry in the first issue um, has to run a heart. Um, for a heart transplant across the country. And the reason he has to do that is because there's a snowstorm and planes can't make it and there's only so much time. Well, everybody keeps calling, even even though he's wearing the Flash costume, people keep referring to him as Kid Flash because that's who he was. And he, you know, after about the fifth or sixth time, he starts to get kind of annoyed. And this, this is kind of an ongoing thing for the first several issues of the book. And he's like, I'm just the Flash. Also, uh, apparently, everybody in the entire world knows who he is. Because secret identity is not something that he's very good at keeping. So unless I've missed something from like the Titans and things like that, um, it's fairly well known that Wally West is the Flash. And uh, you know, by the time I, I got down to like issue 14 or 15, I'm not quite sure where I'm at. I'm somewhere in there. Um, it, it, it's quite clear to me that I, I don't even know why he even bothers to have any kind of secret identity because everybody does know who he is. But anyway, so when he goes, he's like, well, what's in it for me? And they're like, well, the doctor's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, what do you want? He's like, I want health insurance. 
and uh, he, he agrees to do this or whatever, and, and there's some grumbling because he wants something. And his, his whole point is that when Barry died, he died, and he was so broke he couldn't afford his own funeral, and the Justice League had to pay for his funeral, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Of course, my thing was, well, he was part of the Justice League, and he sacrificed his life during the crisis, and, and you know, Batman's a billionaire. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's uh, that big of a deal to pay for a funeral, but that's just, you know, me. Anyway, I mean, on one hand, he kind of has a point. On under, on the other hand, this is a this is a time I think we're going to see um, heroes being more practical in some ways. Um, it, it's a time I always felt as though, um, and again, my personal opinion that the '80s were a time in comics um, where, and I felt this especially with some of the DC stuff as I'm going back and rereading it. Um, you know, you had the seventies, which was a lot of introspection, you know, and, you know, the sixties were, sixties into the seventies were just, you know, heroes were heroes. Um, and there was right and wrong. And then the seventies, you had a lot of introspection. And then I I felt as though in the eighties, a lot of the comics dealt with, um, the heroes in their personal lives, you know, and how, even though they were heroes, they still had things going on in their personal lives. And we spent a lot of time seeing, um, the heroes, not as superheroes, but as people. Again, just my opinion from what I've read at the time. Um, I hadn't read a whole lot of DC at the time. That was the, it was toward the end of the 80s when I started to get more and more into DC because there were just so many people I did not know who they were. And it just made me so curious to find out who these characters were. But without having access to a comic shop, it was whatever I could find on a spinner rack. But, um, <clears throat> so... You know, this this is uh, one of those, you know, with, with uh, Wally, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of, uh, you know, seeing what his life is like. So he does this. He, he runs this hard. He sees Vandal Savage um, kill a man, and um, or, or almost kill a man. He goes back to stop it. The guy says the guy's name is Vandal Savage. Flash isn't quite sure who that is. And uh, I myself am aware of Vandal Savage, but I'm not sure of his entire history. That's kind of been rewritten a couple different times, I think. And... Uh, so he, you know, he he makes the, you know, does the does the heart transplant. Um, we find out, you know, at least I find out. I mean, this this is kind of a lot of new information to me, and because I think this this these things have changed over time. But you know, Wally needs to eat a lot um, after he makes a run. He can barely go as fast as the speed of sound. He needs a lot of sleep after a long run, and um, so he seems to have more weakness, I think, than Barry had had. Um, I, you know, the book, you know, by the end of the, I think it's the first or second issue, uh, Wally wins the lottery. Um, And by the time we hit issue 13 or 14, uh, Wally loses all his money. Um, He moves into a, gets a place of his own and a really nice house. And um, the neighborhood there, the city council wants him to move because people keep attacking him. I mean, it only happens a couple of times, but their liability insurance goes up whenever he moves there because everybody knows, like I said, they know he's the Flash. Um, he uh, is dating a married woman, and her husband um, was taking experimental steroids. He's a scientist and went kind of crazy. He became a bit of a speedster himself, and in, in an effort, it destroyed his body for the most part. It did a lot of damage. In an effort to save him, he goes to uh, Russia, and I believe it's Siberia, tries to, uh, well, he ends up getting a scientist there who this this is, you know, he knows 
um, a lot of techniques to save him. He's very familiar with um, this type of uh, experimentation. Finds a, uh, a super team of speedsters, three of them, who uh, want to go to America, so they try to make a break for it with the doctor. Um, the original blue team of speedsters that are loyal to Russia come after them and try to uh, hurt them, and they manage to to get away. We see the uh, the red team um, trying to embrace um, capitalism and American way of life. We see um, we find out that Barry's father was a manhunter. Barry's mother moves in with him. This married woman he's seeing moves in with him. Those two are fighting all the time. His next door neighbor is a uh, is a mob boss. Um, Vandal Savage comes back and is comes up comes out with this drug that gives people speedster powers, but it is so addictive that um, if you do not get it, you start to age prematurely. So you have to you know once you get a shot of it, then you're kind of uh, you kind of own your soul. You hand your soul over to Vandal Savage, and he owns that because you have to come back again and again and again for this. They inject uh, Wally with it, and what happens is he ends up losing his speed in the long run. Ends up moving um, to a crappy apartment because he doesn't have any money left. Uh, goes in, uh, Vandal Savage has somebody else dress up like Flash and come and beat the tar out of him. Um, during this, the, the one thing that, that I thought and where I, where I left it, and again, it's got to be right around issue 15. Because I can't seem to stop reading it now. It's like I am just so fascinated with how many things have happened to this character in his personal life, let alone as a speedster, that I am just, uh, I'm really enjoying it. He runs into a guy they call the Chunk. He's a great big um, giant dude, like bigger than a kingpin in the original Spider-Man comics. And he is a genius, but he has some mental problems, but he has... Um, somehow bonded or ingested a, a machine that is making him like a quantum singularity. So he has to keep eating stuff in order to, or absorbing things in order to keep it from forming a black hole. And so uh, the Flash gives him a job working in the city that he was living in where they didn't want him to be there. And they had a garbage problem because they couldn't get rid of the garbage. So um, he takes Chunk out to the boat and puts him on there, and he's able to absorb all the trash. But then they get mad at him because the Chunk disappeared, and he's a criminal. Um, but he wasn't a criminal because he wanted to be. He was a criminal because he was trying to stay alive. He had to like ingest diamonds and, and things with a lot of density. So that means like things that were valuable. And the Flash is trying to explain that he can't help it. You know, He's just trying to survive. So we go through all that. The uh, the landlord's apartment hates him for some reason, um, hates the Flash, thinks that he's like snotty or thinks he's better than everybody else. And then we find out um, he gives him an eviction notice because um, he was late on the rent, but he was out of commission and he was in the hospital because he got the crap beat out of him, so he couldn't help it. And the landlord is just a complete jerk. And then at the current issue, and I kind of like this, and I know that it, but it just kind of shows you the sensibility of you're dealing with um, heroes that not only are we looking at their personal lives, but you know, in the '80s and in the '90s, well, the '80s and beyond, we you know we dealt with flawed heroes. 
we dealt with heroes who had, you know, they, they, they had flaws and we had this, we had to look past this because they tried to do the greater good, but they're like anybody else. They didn't have this, they, they, they you know, they had flaws, but they're, you know, they're people. It's not that, um, the flaws, because yeah, I think at times we have we have heroes that are flawed in the fact that their purpose is flawed and they see it as justified, but it, and it's just wrong. It's a, it's a misdirection. But you, we, when you're dealing with uh, looking at them from their personal point of view, um, there's just little things. It's not necessarily that they're so broken they can't do that. You know, they're they're good people, but they have minor things that all of us would have. And in this case, um, he tries to talk to the landlord. Landlord's just a complete jerk to him, tells him he's got to get out. He gets back home, and there's an eviction notice on the door. And he's like, well, he didn't waste any time. So he goes in and, and says, well, we don't have a place to live. You know, they're getting ready to pack his stuff up or whatever. And the phone rings, and here it's landlord, and he's in tears, and somebody has kidnapped his daughter. And he's like, you got to help me. you got to help me. Somebody kidnapped my daughter, yada, yada, yada. And uh, Wally says, oh, I'm sorry. Wally West was evicted. He doesn't live here anymore. And he hangs up the phone. That's kind of how the issue ends. And I haven't picked up the next one to see how it goes on. But, um, you know, I would assume that, you know, Wally would end up doing the right thing ultimately. But it's kind of an enjoyable thing because it's like, hey, you reap what you sow. And this guy was a complete jerk. So now he's turning to the person that... Um, he was nothing but hostile to for no no apparent reason whatsoever. But I'm really enjoying the Wally West stuff, and I, and I don't mean to sound so surprised, but I think that as uh, comic fans, all of us can can think of a time where we've gone back and reread stuff, and it just didn't it it just didn't work as well. Or being the completest that all of us are, I think a lot of people go back and try to um, do a uh, get a hold of a run from the beginning of something and start reading it so that we have, we kind of fill in the gaps or have a complete knowledge of a character and kind of see where he came from and how he's evolved. And during that time, it becomes a chore because the books just aren't engaging enough, but you want the info dump. And I thought that's kind of how this would be, but I'm like, I'll try it. You know, I'm like, you know, I started out with just 12 issues. I figure I, I read a year's worth of comics, and if I don't like it, then I'll do like I've been doing with the Barry run, which is just kind of jump around, but be able to read what I want when I want to read it, and not say like, oh, i got to get back to this because I want to read these issues. But with Wally, I really cannot wait to for the next issue. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I, I think I want to pick up some Titans books and figure out um, the transition from Kid Flash to The Flash. Um, I haven't read read Crisis since it originally came out, and I, I actually, when it was available digitally, I bought it on sale, and I, I need to go back and reread that, but I know that's a really dense book, and it's a lot, a lot of material there, and I do want to reread that, because I think I'll have a better understanding, because I think when I read it, I was so unfamiliar with the DC Universe, other than you know, um, a, a, a book here and there or a book a friend lent me. And a lot of times it was it was out of sequence or it was an arc and I only got one part of the arc or two parts of the arc. And I was just unfamiliar with the characters beyond like what I saw on TV and things like that. So I'm really enjoying, uh, you know, reading about Barry and especially Wally and finding out where they come from and how everything ties together and, and you know, what they did with the Speed Force back then and as opposed to where it's at now. But I'm really enjoying to read, and I highly recommend that if anybody gets the opportunity to uh, pick these things up. Um, I know uh, with uh, Barry's run, I started with the showcase, 
And I think showcases, showcases are fantastic for everything except for the Green Lantern. Um, and I never quite understood why they brought a showcase for the Green Lantern. I mean, I guess I understood it. It's a cheap book, but um, the problem is, is without color in a showcase, and you, you don't understand that when something's yellow and his ring doesn't work against it, you don't understand that it's yellow because there's no color in the book. Um, some of the other things work out real well. I also have, uh, I, mean, I have a lot of showcases like the Metal Men, and I'm, I've, uh, I'm reading a little bit of that. Uh, I think the Metal Men would probably work a little bit better if there was more color, but also I'm not super familiar with any of the classic uh, Metal Men. I mean, I've read the newer stuff, and I enjoyed it well enough, but um, the old stuff, I have trouble keeping track of who's who, and, and I would like to have some color in there. But, you know, for the, I think the book cost me $9, so I can't complain. But I highly recommend the Wally stuff and some of this other stuff just to pick up a story here and there. I think as far as... Um, the uh, showcases and essentials are concerned of what I've read of those. Um, the two that I've absolutely enjoyed the most and I thought were fantastic were the Jonah Hex one, the first volume of that, and I just it's just fantastic. And um, the uh, Captain Marvel Shazam one, uh, man, I really enjoyed that. There, and also Moon Knight. Um, the, those books are just so funny because of the time and um, all the... Uh, the way people talk and all the the wording and and all the slang, I just really enjoy what they did there. You think back and think, man, what were we thinking? How do we talk like that? Okay, changing gears from that to um, another topic that's happened to me this week. You know, WrestleMania has come up for those of you that um, don't know it. I am not a a fan of. I'm not going to say I'm not a fan of, but I don't watch wrestling. I haven't watched wrestling since since the '80s. And, uh, but when I did, I liked it. it. Wrestling is something that I see people talk about it and see their enthusiasm and the, the fact that they, they really get into it. They really enjoy it. And, you know, it's definitely a fan driven sport and, um, well, a fan driven entertainment, right? And when I see, my friends get excited about it, or I see people on Facebook talking about it. it just, it's, I'm like, I, I, I want to watch it. I want to have time to um, take part in it. But I just there's just too many, not enough hours in the day um, for all these things. And, and uh, in this case, this is definitely just because the fans are so enthusiastic about it. And, you know, WrestleMania came up and everybody seemed to really like it. And, you know, of course, there were a couple of posts that... You know, some people didn't like it or whatever, and, and you know, to each their own. But and having a conversation with a friend of mine, um, somebody said to him, "You know, it's not real." And <laughs> I don't know why that I found that so incredibly abrasive and it rubbed me the wrong way. But you know, my thing was, yeah, we we know. I mean, that's not you. You didn't just hit me with some massive dose of reality that we didn't know. I mean, people know it's not real. Um, it's, you know, but it's entertainment. It still takes a good script. It still takes um, good actors to pull this off. It takes, um, it takes some athleticism to be able to do all this. And that's not the point. The point is it's fun. You know, reality TV isn't real. As far as I'm concerned, um, the majority of sports out there, um, I, I, you know, my personal opinion is that the majority of sports out there, they know who's going to win what. Um, but it was just the fact that people like that have to go out of their way 
to I don't know I don't know what it is. I don't know if we're just trying to to poop on what you like or if they think that they have some higher intelligence we're like, "Hey, let me let me tell you this because I don't think that you know. Hey, this is this is a huge secret. Hey, let me tell I'm going to lay this on you. You want to sit down for this? This is big. This is huge. Wrestling, professional wrestling is not real." What? What that's com- Oh my god, my world is crumbling down around me. How about you just not be an ass? And and go go away. There is no absolutely no reason whatsoever to interject that into the conversation. When somebody's there talking about, well, this person came out and they did this, and the crowd went wild, and it's like, okay, we don't. I mean, you're not you're not adding to the conversation. You're just going out of your way to um, to be a jerk, as far as I'm concerned. And I just don't really get it. And that led led me to think about skeptics. Now, not people who are skeptic, but people who self-proclaim them, you know, they, they, they give themselves that title, oh, I'm a skeptic, I'm a skeptic. I find that people that say, that go around and say I'm a skeptic is their way of um, saying, I'm an asshole, and I'm just telling you that ahead of time, and it's okay because I think I'm smart, and because science is on my side, and yada, yada, yada. And I guess my problem with that is, is... Um, you know, I, I deal, I'm, I'm a huge science fiction fan, and I also, you know, I, I but I'm open enough, you know, you, you watch different shows, and you see different things that happen um, on those shows, for example, like the X-Files, or something like that, and the things that happen, um, you, you know, the idea is to have an open mind, right, and I've always been very open-minded about pretty much everything, um, and when you to come to me and you say, you know, somebody was, and this, this came up because we were, somebody was having a conversation about, I don't want to get in the whole story, but basically something that was, um, I guess you would title it supernatural in nature. It was just an odd thing. There was an article in the paper and, you know, people were like, I'm a skeptic. There's, you know, there's no way that this happened and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, one, you weren't there. So you don't know what happened. Two, you don't know everything in the universe. I mean, how are you so close-minded that you can't believe that something out of the ordinary could happen? I, I just can't, I don't, I can't, I don't deal with close-minded people that well. Um, that you are so close to the possibility that something could be unexplained, but legitimately happen to somebody. But it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm not saying you can't be skeptical, but when you're like, well, I'm a skeptic, to me, that just means you're closed-minded. It's, it's in my opinion that uh, a lot of the skeptics are the type of people, too, that um, somebody will post something. You know, again, and a lot, I can tell you this, about 50% of my issue comes, from again, from Facebook. And I've been making a dedicated effort to stay off of Facebook because I get annoyed really fast. And I know that that's probably not good, but I just do. I just don't understand why people just can't go on and and talk about their good news and why they got to come on and just um, just go off at the mouth or the typewriter or the keyboard typewriter at the keyboard or the uh, digital display about what they know and how dumb everybody else is because they know that you know. But anyway, I had uh, my nephew's getting deployed to Iraq, and so. Um, I went to Facebook because I, we had a party, but I was looking at the photos that were posted there. And in the in the process, I'm looking down through the feed, and um, somebody had posted something, um, something religious, something about God looking over them, or something like that. 
And immediately some asshole had to be on there going, well, you know, God doesn't exist, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well, nobody asked for your opinion on this. This person's post did not hurt you in any way, shape, or form. <clears throat> Didn't hurt anybody else in any way, shape, or form. So for you to go out of your way, to click on the post, and then go to the comments, and then comment just to be mean, um, it just shows what a little person you are. You're just a small-minded little twerp who has to get in that last word because you know you, you want to tell me how you're an atheist and how everybody else is dumb because they have faith. And it's not hurting you. It'd be different if they were like, I'm going to kill this person in the name of God. Okay, then, well, yeah, that's probably not, you know, that, then maybe you should speak up. But when they're just, they're posting something about, you know, that, that has no effect of you whatsoever. And you just have to chime in. You have got to give your two cents, even though nobody asked it. I just don't understand um, the mentality of people like that. You know, I, I just don't, I don't get it. And you know, and when somebody's like, well, I'm a skeptic and, and, you know, there's no way that this happened. There's no such thing as crop circles. There's no, there's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as angels. There's no way that this, you know, this people can't be haunted. Okay. They're not, they're not saying, you know, most of the articles I read, people weren't saying it is haunted or is this or it is that. They're, it, they're saying that this thing has been reported as happening. They're just telling you a story. They're not saying they believe it or they don't believe it or inviting your opinion. They're just posting a story and you got to put in your two cents worth and just poop all over it because when you were five, you didn't get ice cream and now you're angry. I don't know. I don't know what your problem is. Anyway, it's just one of those things that kind of uh, rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, so I thought I'd talk about here. That's, that's pretty much all I got, you know. Um, so I went back to reading some Wally West and it put me back in a better mood, but, um, I shouldn't let things like that, uh, get to me, I guess. I just don't understand the, uh, the vitriol and hate for things that, because somebody else doesn't like something, um, they can't just say, Hey, you know, this isn't for me or why, why they have to comment at all on, um, if it's different if somebody's having a conversation with you and it's like, Hey man, you know, did you see, you know, WrestleMania last night? Um, it was haunted, you know, and somebody said, well, you know, no, I don't believe in ghosts, and I don't believe in WrestleMania. You know, okay, but um, that's a direct conversation. But when somebody posts something up, and you just got to go out of your way to pick at it to go after it, and you know, say, "Well, this is my belief system," and let me tell you about how your belief system is wrong because I believe differently. How about this is your belief system, and you just shut up and believe that, and not hurt anybody else in the process? I mean, why is it such a complicated thing to do? I don't really. Um, I don't understand it, you know, so for all the, uh, again, it's one of those, um, struggles, a power struggle, I think, um, or a, a point of view. I, it is, it is a struggle in a lot of ways, but where you have two different points of view and, um, it's hypocritical for, um, one person to say, you know, I'm just going to use this for an example. Okay. I don't need email. I'm just using this for example, but it's, it's one thing for somebody to be, say, Hey, I'm an atheist and leave it at that. But it's different altogether from to say, hey, I'm an atheist, and the fact that you believe in God makes you stupid, um, because that's a completely different thing. You don't have to believe in the same thing. That's why it's great to live in America and have freedom of whatever you want. Um, but, you know, at the same point in time, you know, it could be reversed. You know, if you're an atheist, you're not hurting anybody, and this other person believes in God, they don't need to come over and try to tell you how what you're doing in life wrong if you're not doing anything in life wrong. How about everybody just... Like people for who they are, and uh, you know, move forward with uh, 
whatever beliefs that they feel that they need to believe, but there's no reason to push your beliefs on somebody else. Anyway, um, getting, I don't want to get that deep into it. Just that these are a couple of things that happened to me this week, and uh, I'm going to uh, wind it up. If you want to reach me, sci-fi dig at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>